place, in a very difficult place with God. I felt like I was in a dark tunnel. It didn't seem like there was any light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, I, I was just in that place of seeking the Lord. I walked in my office one day uh, across the street from the courthouse and on the second floor in the uh, justice building. I walked in my office, and the secretary is there. And I just kind of went back. It was not very busy. Closed the door bowed my head and began to pray and said, God, I, I need some help here. I, I really am. I'm in a bad way here. I need help. And it's almost as though he took his finger and he wrote on the wall in front of me. I lifted my head. It wasn't, it wasn't literal. It was in here somewhere, but I could see the writing of the Lord, the, the, the Lord. And, he's, and he gave me a little, a little, little, little word of instruction. And he said, dig a well. See, there's something about the well. There'll be water in the well even if the stream dries up. And I enjoyed the stream. I enjoyed the reign of God. I enjoyed the move of God. I enjoyed, you know, the things that God had done in my life and the things I watched him do in other people's life. But I'd never taken the time to dig a well for myself. See, the rain, it can stop raining. And the pond will dry up, and perhaps the lake will dry up, and the river, I've been in dry riverbeds over there in Africa, and they use them for roads when there's no water in them. And, but the well is the source that oftentimes outlasts the drought. Turn to somebody and tell them, can you dig it? Well, if you can't dig it, it's time to dig it. I feel so small sitting like this. I don't know if I ought to get closer or step up. I don't know what to do. I like to be closer. Problem is when I get excited, I spit. So maybe I don't get too close. Turn to somebody and tell them it's time to dig a well. Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. This valley is really the valley of weeping. While you're going through the, the valley of weeping, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools, and they go from strength to strength. Everybody say strength to strength. For some of us, that's a, a, a prescription or something that we have not realized that we're supposed to do. We don't have to go from strength to weakness, to weakness to strength, from strength to Zoloff. Have you unzolo off? Oh, it's okay. We'll deal with that later. But God has called us to go from strength to strength. When there's a victory to be won and there's a battle raging, you need to have the strength to go and do what God would have you to do and expand the kingdom. 
we're always supposed to be ready for battle. Come on, someone say amen. And we find ourselves, we have this pattern in our lives. We go from strength to weakness to Miller Lite. To Rifa. Back to strength. And it's not what God has for us. We need to go forward in full strength and expand the kingdom of God and rebuke the darkness. Come on, somebody say amen. We're called to kick in the gates of hell. Turn to somebody and say, tell them, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But those who go forward from strength to strength are those who have dug a well in the valley of weeping. Didn't say they complained. Doesn't say they found fault with the preacher. Doesn't say they cussed their wife or threw the old man out the door. Didn't blame the boss, especially if you work around here. Didn't blame their neighbor. Didn't blame God. Those who went from strength to strength did none of that. In the middle of the valley of weeping, they decided that they could build or, or dig a well. Turn to something and tell them it's time to dig a well. Thank God for the stream. Thank God for the river. Thank God for the rain. But sometimes you got to stand still and you got to dig a well and you got to find the salvation of the Lord. Yes, there is salvation in the valley. Yes, the valley of weeping and bitterness and difficult difficulties don't have to overcome you. Turn to somebody and tell them we fight from victory and not for victory. You'll get that later. Genesis chapter 24. Behold, I stand by the well of water. Everybody say the well. And it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she shall say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman who the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. This is the story of a man named Eliezer. Eliezer is the son, or I mean, is the servant of Abraham. Abraham takes his servant, and he says to his servant, I want you to go to the homeland, and I want you to find a bride for my son Isaac. There are types in the Bible. There are illustrations, and there are types. Abraham is a type of the father. 
The Father's desire is to see a bride that is gathered together and a bride that is brought to Isaac, his son. Isaac is Christ. Isaac represents Christ. Eliezer is the servant of the Father who's searching and looking and preparing a bride for the Son. Eliezer is a type of the Holy Spirit. If you read the rest of this story, you will find out that Eliezer, when he came to Rebekah's house, that he gave gifts. Everybody say he gave gifts. How many know the Holy Spirit gives gifts? He gave gifts not only to Rebecca, but he gave gifts to her household. Rebecca got on a camel, followed Eliezer back to her husband, and that's exactly what we're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit has come. We're to follow his directions and his leading, and it one day will bring us to that great marriage, that great wedding that's going to take place. Will somebody shout amen? amen. But I want you to notice... When the Holy Spirit found the woman that would become the bride, he found her at the well. Didn't find her in the mountain. Didn't find her by anywhere else. He found her by the well. Turn to somebody and tell he found her by the well. Genesis chapter 26 if you read this portion of Scripture, you will find out that Isaac, his, his herd becomes very large. He is displaced from the place that he's at. So he has to move from the place that he's at. And he determines that he's going to redig. Everybody see redig. He's going to redig the wells of his father Abraham. And he digs one well, and there's controversy over that. He digs another well, and there's trouble over that. And finally, he finds another place, and he digs another well. Everybody say, another well. It wasn't a well that his father had dug, Abraham. It was a well that he had to dig all by himself. And that well, every one of those wells have a name. But the last well, hallelujah, he gave it a name, and he said, this well is the well where there's going to be more than enough. This well is where there's more than enough space. This well is where we can prosper by the well that he dug by himself. It was not the well that he dug, redug for his father, his father had dug, that he redug. But it was a well that he dug for himself. Now, listen to what I'm going to say to you. You don't have a, cho you don't have a choice because I'm screaming through this microphone. Every generation must dig its own well. Isaac redug the well. of his father Abraham, but eventually, in order to find more than enough, in order to find an open heaven, he had to dig his own well. And listen very carefully. 
There are some things that are not essential. There are some things that have no eternal value. I remember the first time I went to church, and instead of shaking a tambourine and shaking a hanky and shaking a tissue, they were waving flags. I thought, my God, Vegas has come to the church. Why, what in the world could possibly be going on here? Some ladies were wearing tutus. Other ladies were wearing four fours. And a few of them had six by sixes on. They're waving flags, dancing around the church, whirling and twirling. I thought, my God, what has happened to the church? And we decided that those who had a church where they had the tutus and the four fours and the six sixes, waving flags during worship, well, they had just compromised. So we had the non-twirlers and we had the twirlers. And the twirlers were the compromise as far as we were concerned. Well, I am not going to that church. They have twirlers. To flag or not to flag, that is the question. Stupid. Like God somehow ran away because a dear little saint who loved the Almighty God picked up a flag and wanted to make a demonstration of her love for Almighty God. So stupid. To think that somehow the mighty God who loves creation, loves his children, would back up over a flag. This is not my stage. This is Dan's stage. I was ready to call 911. Smoke is rolling out. And some of you who have gotten a little uptight over this, don't worry about it. To flag or not to flag? To smoke or not? <laughs> Jan, please don't do it. I can't stand that thing. All you need is a flag, Dan. It's okay. It may not be your preference, but it's okay. Then the brother in the back, now he's got these new lights. It's not just effect. It's Like, man, slow it down. No, it's faster than that. It's non essential. Those, yes. Make you dizzy. 
it makes no difference. We don't, it makes no difference. It's fine. Turn to somebody, tell them it's fine. Tell them, chill out. Take a chill pill. There's such a heart of worship in these young people. They're not performing. They may do what they do well, but they're not performing. They're doing it as an act of worship unto the King of Kings. Come on, somebody say amen. And Milo, aren't you glad I put you in there with those young people? <laughs> okay but there's a few things that are essential the things that you see here today the things that we are walking out today the favor that we have found in the community to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars the outreach the missions church that's alive and people's lives are being changed. It didn't happen by accident. I remember for three years of my life, three solid years, I came here every morning at 7 o'clock and met four different men. Every morning for years, the Lord spoke to me and he said, until this altar is stained with the tears of the saints, it will never be stained with the tears of the sinners. And so we cried out to God. And we continued to cry out for God to God. I can't tell you how many times in prayer in this place, Harvest House, the outreach, the missions, the things that we're doing today, we prayed about yesterday. We dug a well. We created in our prayers and in our crying unto God a meeting place with Almighty God. And yes, we have gone through some valleys. And yes, we've been through some difficulties. And yes, there are some folks that have decided they don't like us. But in the middle of the storm, we have been able to go from strength to strength. We've walked through the valley with victory, lifting up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody shout amen with me. When they told us we couldn't do it, we said God's going to do it anyway. When they said they wouldn't come by our side and help us, we said we're going to do this anyway. But a well has been dug in this place. But it was not enough for Isaac to redig the wells. These kids of mine, with help from you and others, have redug the wells. The wells that I dug years ago through prayer, 
We met every night at 8 o'clock. Remember, you and your husband were here. If it was an anniversary, if it was Christmas, if it was New Year's, they, helped, they came here and joined me. We met in this place every night at 8 o'clock and prayed. If I had company, I'd say, I got to go. I'd get in my car and I'd come down here. They'd be waiting for me. And we cried out to God. And a well was dug for this place. That's why when you walk in here, you can feel the presence of Almighty God. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. But every generation, each and every one of us, if we're going to go forward in full strength, if we're going to kick the devil in the teeth, if we're going to build the kingdom of God, if we're going to see our family and our cities and the things around us transformed by the glory and the mercy and the power of God, every one of us must dig a well for ourselves. So what do you mean by a well? I mean a meeting place with God. Whitaker House is getting ready to do a, a national, national campaign with my book. They're going to use all kinds of social media to promote the book. And they're calling the body of Christ to be part of the change. It's called Be the Change Campaign. Someone say, oh, you're such a great author. Look, I can't spell mice. I'm as dumb as a box of rocks. But God put something in me. It just wasn't a good idea. God put something in me. With the help of Brother Joe, we sat together, and this book was written. When I fell off the roof over here and broke my leg, I felt like God back then wanted me to write a book. But I couldn't do it. I had to dig a well about that book first. And I've dug a well. Because I believe I've dug a well, now water can be drawn out and that book is going to be sustained. And it's going to be part of the change. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. We've bought a new piece of property, and in time, we will move from here, and we will move there, and we'll build a sanctuary. Do you know what I'm going to do first? And know what I want you to do with me? We're not going to go over and turn on a spade or make a, do a, what do they call it, a campaign, or what do they call it, a ground-breaking, we're, yeah, we're going to break ground all right. We're not going to do a capital campaign. I'm not going to embarrass you and get you to give your life savings and your children's uh, 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 tuition money for college. We're not going to do that. But I, Dan will. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to, before we ever turn over any dirt or pick up a leaf, we're going to come together and we're going to dig a well. Come on, somebody say amen. And when that building is built, it will be built to the glory of Almighty God. 
Now look, I found myself very busy at times. I go from counseling to making meatballs. One day I made tuna fish salad. First thing in the morning I came here and I was counseling with somebody. They wanted prayer. I laid my hands on them. They smelled like tuna fish. But there are some things that are essential. These are the non-essentials. Last night I came down here. It was, uh, I don't know what time it was, but what time was it? 9 at 10. There's a van over at the um, compass. John was here with me. I'm thinking, what? whose van is that? So I go over there, and the girls are doing karaoke. And they were having fun, no alcohol, no drinking, loving one another. And so, of course, you know. So I said, could you find me some James Brown? Yeah, I feel good. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that I would. And I feel fine. Like sugar and spice. So good. So good. I got you, Jesus. Of course, they had their phones out and cameras. I'm surprised it hasn't hit uh, Facebook yet. It's on there. Some things really don't matter. Whether in a silly moment you sing James Brown to the girls at Esther's place. But there are some things that are essential. Like being filled with the Holy Ghost. Like receiving the gift of speaking in tongues. Living a life of sacrifice. A life of holiness. A life of repentance where we're not relying on the natural man or our program or anything of that nature, that we are relying on the presence of Almighty God. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. This church is all about Jesus. It's not about man. It's not about the wonderful things that we do in the community. We have a love affair and a passion for the person of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. It's not about church. It's not about programs. It's about Jesus and Jesus alone. It's about loving him. It's about romancing him. It's about praying and worshiping him and exalting his name. Those things cannot, those are the essentials of the church. It's about the integrity of the word of God. It's about God's integrity to transform a life. Come on, somebody say amen. But it's a gospel that's simple. A gospel that tells me I must love him with all of me. And second, I must love my neighbor as myself. I think of this story, and it's known as the woman of the, at the well. Turn to somebody and tell them, can you dig it? Let me just read this one verse and 
Then I'll tell you that story, and then we're going to go. Okay? Let's see if I can find it right here. Oops. It's all right. Then Isaac built an altar there, and he worshiped the Lord. Everybody say, he worshiped the Lord. He built an altar, and he worshiped. Say it. He built an altar, and he worshiped. And he set up his camp camp at that place, and his servants dug another well. Where you find an altar, you'll find a well. As you are establishing an altar, as you are establishing a meeting place with God through prayer, through intercession, as you are establishing an altar, somebody else will be digging you a well. That altar becomes the meeting place between you and God. It's that it's that place where you finally decide you can't fix it. Nobody else can fix it. And I am going to cry out to God, and I'm going to depend on God Almighty to fix this for me. It's that place of desperation. It's that place where you realize you cannot rely on the arm of the flesh, but you must rely on the arm of the Lord. As you build that altar through worship and prayer and intercession and sacrifice, somebody else is going to be digging a well right next to it. See, preacher, what does he want us to do? Get a shovel? Not till we start building. Then you can get a shovel. What are we supposed to do? Dig holes in our backyard? No. Establish a meeting place with God. Turn it over to Him. Trust Him. Pray the promise. Stop praying. See, I spit. I go over here where nobody's sitting. Stop praying the problem and have a meeting with God Almighty. And while you're meeting with Him, a well is going to be established right next to the altar that you've built. Come on and give the Lord some praise with me. The woman at the well. God the Father instructs his son, Jesus, and says, you know what? You have to go to Samaria. The Bible says that he said, I, I, I must. They said, where are you going? He said, I have to go to Samaria. And we find out when Jesus gets to Samaria, he's weary. Now listen, the Jews went around Samaria. They wouldn't even go through it. There was such a hatred and such a, uh, 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 you know, a hatred between the, between the Jews and the Samaritans. They had nothing to do with one another. So Jesus said, I got to go to Samaria. His disciples are like, where are you going? Are you crazy? He said, I got to go. Father was instructing him to go to Samaria. When he gets there, he's tired. He sits down by a well. And a woman comes. 
She's a Samaritan. I think of the wonderful things that took place for that woman who had been rejected. That woman who didn't, in the eyes of tradition and in the eyes of religion, she didn't deserve salvation. But that day at the well, she had a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Not only did she have a revelation, but he said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. The thirsting of her soul was satisfied at the well. Will somebody say amen with me? Tradition and prejudice was overcome at the well. Will somebody say hallelujah? Not only did she meet him, but she became a witness for him. Jesus said to her, uh, go get your husband. They got into this argument. She said, go get your husband. He said, she said, I don't have a husband. She said, you, that's right, you don't. But she said, you've had five, and the one that you're living with now is not your husband at all. The scripture says, after she understood who he was, she ran into the city. Screaming, yelling, I have found a man. I can't imagine what the people in the village were thinking. So what else is new? But she became a witness to that city because she didn't meet a man. She met the man. Come on, give the Lord some praise with me. Tradition and prejudice, the woman who everyone else would have been dis disqualified her. She was a woman. She was a Samaritan. She met the Lord Jesus Christ that day. The love of God conquered and the grace of God conquered. But she met him at the well. The problem isn't your mean husband. Some folks come to church, I can tell whether they've been drinking or not. Around here, you don't know what kind of drinking they've been doing. I love these young people. I, you know, I, I like this music now. It ain't James Brown, but I like it. I can tell whether or not you've been drinking from a well before you got here. Some of you, it doesn't make a difference what we do. We could bring a pool of water here, and I could walk on the water. You'd have the same look on your face. We could bring some pyrotechnics. Ceiling could be on fire. You could be like, when is this going to get over? Folks could be 
getting healed of hepatitis C or their lives being transformed or people getting healed, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I know, I can tell. I, I'll meet you, I can tell. Look in your eyes, I can tell. You know, someone's been drinking, you can tell. They act different. They talk different. They'll tell you things that they wouldn't have told you before they started drinking. <laughs> Maybe more than you wanted to know. They won't dance. If you try to get them to dance, they won't dance. But if they've been drinking a little bit, they'll dance all over the house. They're quiet. They're reserved. They don't say a lot. You go ahead and give them a couple glasses of wine. You'll find out things are different. They'll tell you off in a heartbeat. As soon as they hit the first note, they're like, ow, ow, But I can tell whether or not you've been drinking in the spirit. I can tell whether or not you've been drawing out of the wells of salvation. Come on, somebody, say amen. Some folks, you know, you could do anything here with this band. They're not, you ain't going to move them. Other people who've been drinking a little bit out of the well, you could sing, you could play Howdy Doody. You could play Mary Had a Little Lamb. His name was Jesus. They're like, ah. oh yeah. Mary Had a Little Lamb and his name was Jesus. They're like all over the place. See, what's wrong with them? They've been drinking from the well. They've been drinking from the well. But I also can tell those whose wells have been stopped up or have never dug a well for themselves. The beautiful thing about this is God Almighty really wants to meet with you. Jimmy, can you play? There is a meeting place with God. There's a place where God will meet with you. He really does. Let me tell you something. If I haven't, if I'm not, if I haven't had a drink out of that well for a while, I'm a miserable creature. Aaron said, "Cranky." I am. I'm just being honest with you, man. And everything's an obstacle. Everything becomes an obstacle. But when I'm drinking into that well, when I've established an altar and I'm crying out to God and giving my problems to Him, man, I'm, I'm bad to the bone. I'm bad. I'm bad. I am. 
If I'm not, I'm a ninny. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I can't do one more thing. But war, I get into a little of that Holy Ghost drink. It's like, come on, devil, bring it on. It's like, take your best shot. Nothing's too hard. Nothing is too hard. <laughs> he wants to meet with you. My little buddy's back there. Heather. God gave him to me. I know he's married and got a wife, but God gave him to me. We come together and we pray and worship. We've been building altars up there in my office and digging wells together. Don't complain. Don't find fault with the people around you. Don't let your heart be filled with despair or discouragement. Don't give up hope for tomorrow. Take some time out while going through the valley of weeping. Establish a meeting place with God. It's simple. You don't have to pray like I pray. Don't do that. It can be just like, you know, God, I'm messed up and I need some help. Or I messed up again and I need some help again. God, I'm looking to you. I'm looking to the faithful father of us all to see me through. God, I need your wisdom. I'm going to give this care to you. I'll tell you one thing. The things that have meant God over in my life, that old devil can't trick me again. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I already whipped Joe behind. I know you can't whoop me with this one. I've already gotten contact with God. God's already delivered me once, and God's going to deliver me again. No, 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 no. Don't try to back me up with that lie. I already listened to that lie one, one other time and found out that you're a liar and God is a God of truth and God delivered. No, no, 